podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod two two seven, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. K. Correct. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. I will. There from a special guest this week, it's Neil the Fish. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. And we've got another. We've got two special guests on the same podcast. Another guest. You're welcome. Not Andy Street, oh. unfortunately. <laughs> um, our other guest is former Palace midfielder and all-round legend Andy Gray. Thanks well, for hey. having me. Welcome to the podcast. Lovely to be here. How are you? I'm good. Very good. Despite Palace's current form. Yeah, but it's just the way it is. I mean, the good thing about it is that we're no points, but six points from safety after seven games. So get over uh, the Saturday game and see where we are. Good stuff. Well, we're talking about Palace in this podcast, of course, and previewing that Chelsea game. But before we do that, um, we've got... A- We've got something to get through on Saturday, and Andy, you are joining us, the FYP team, in doing the Palace for Life Foundation Marathon Walk this Saturday. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just going to take my time. So if everyone <laughs> wants to walk fast, it's up to them. But To I'm, be honest, I think we'd rather take our time as well. Can we walk slow with you? Definitely. <laughs> well, I will be walking slow. I know that. And if I get tired, I'm going to sit down <laughs> and have a fag. <laughs> I've looked at the itinerary. There's about seven stops, so you've never got to walk more than about two hours. So I think should be all right. Should all, be all right. I'm all, I'm all, so plenty of time to sit down and have. Yeah, have I'm all good fight. for that. I'm all good for that. Have you, have you done any training for it or anything like that? Not really. No, just going to the bathroom late at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I can tell you what. Let's give out the fundraising link because we've been asking our listeners to send us donations um, in return for some prizes. And I'm going to re- remind people what the prizes are. Um, if you donate £5 or more, then you go into a draw to win some FYP. Oh, it's a year's subscription to FYP. Ooh, there you go. Enthusiastic. Yeah. If you donate £10 or more, you go into a draw to win some FYP merchandise. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you donate... 
£20 or more, you go into a draw um, to be on the FYP podcast after a post-match extra podcast at Sellers oh. or, or an away game. Wow. Uh, uh, wow. I'm really surprised by that yeah, one. Yeah, well, I didn't know there was an after-match pod. not been on it. You've not been invited yet. Is that a thing? Um, no. And oh. if you donate £50 or more, you get into a draw to become on the podcast right now in this very room. Oh, there we go. Wow. I thought that would That's get a bigger woo. Oh, that was good. Well, I'm just a bit worried I'm being replaced, if I'm honest. But there we go. <laughs> so, um, we are currently at, I think, £1,400 with a £2,000 target. Let's see if we can hit our target before the walk on Saturday. The link is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP hyphen podcast. Um, and it's on all our social channels and everything as well. So, please get donating and help a very, very good cause while Andy, the other Andy, and I, and lots of others get, I'm guessing, a lot of blisters on our feet. Well, both Andys, we're both walking it. That's what I said, yeah, both Andys. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know about blisters, I won't be getting blisters. No, I'm, uh, really? <laughs> How have you stopped blisters? I swear I'm going to get loads of blisters. Well, you might, but I will definitely not be getting no blisters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, all right. Shall we talk about Palace? Um, do we have to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do. It was a 4 0 defeat at the weekend at Man United. Um, a place, as with Man City last week, where we, we never seem to get anything from Manchester. But Andy Gray, mm. not Andy Street, were there positives in that game for you? Did you see anything in there that made you think, okay, Roy might be starting to get things going at Palace? Well, as soon as the first goal would go in, then we're going to be under pressure. And I just feel that, obviously, with the old manager getting four games, and we knew that we're going to have a tough four games after that. So for me, we pressed the button too quick. So Roy's going to buy four games if we do lose against Chelsea. They're a give-me. Mm-hmm. So what we targeting for Newcastle to start our season. So for me, the positives will be after the Newcastle game. Is that too late to be sort of starting the season? Are you too far behind by then? Well, you we can't do anything about it, can you? <laughs> I, think the pro- I, think the- I think the problem is that um, we've gone a whole pre-season and totally tried to change the whole tactics and everything of how we play. That hasn't worked, so we're going back to how we were. And if you remember how long it took Sam Allardyce to bed in, I mean, that game against Sunderland was absolutely atrocious. I mean, the difference between that game and against Man United, against Man United, we did create a few decent chances. We did look good going forward. We are just letting ourselves down in defence. I love Damien Delaney a bit, but he was totally the wrong selection for that game. Martin Kelly, at the end of last season, I thought was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Didn't even get a look in. Why are we playing Damien Delaney when he has hardly played any football for the best part of 18 months? Yeah. Well, I mean, Damo was in because Scott Dan was injured. James Tompkins was ill. Have we been unlucky with injuries, Andy? You know, we lost Benteke. Even we got so, no Martin Wilf. Kelly was on the bench. Martin Kelly, I thought, was magnificent towards the end of last season. Yeah, he's not the he's not the best player in the world, but he did a really good job at the end of last season. And to overlook him for Delaney, who's 36 and has hardly played any football for the best part of 18 months, I just think he's a... I just don't get it. Also, it, who, was, it who, was an who, odd line Who up. brought Martin Kelly through at Liverpool? Uh, it was Roy Hodgson. It was Roy Hodgson. Um, uh, have, yeah, I'm... Um, Ultimately, you look at who's out at the moment. Zaha is Palace's best player. 
I think most mm. most people would probably agree with exactly. that. Sort of, you know, give or take one or two others. A lot of people would probably say Benteke is probably the second best player. He's out as well. Mm-hmm. Some people would probably even make an argument for Ruben Loftus Cheek being in that top three, given how good he already is. All three are out for you know multiple games already. Some of them for prolonged stretches. It's been quite unfortunate. We've had quite so many out all at the same time, and for such long stretches of games. You'd hope that as the season goes on, that that sort of luck evening out thing, regression to mean, would happen with other clubs, and other clubs would get all of their injuries at the same time. It's just slightly annoying that we've had them all up front. And I think bottom line is, yes, we have been a bit unlucky with those injuries. But as Neil points out, there have been some slightly strange selections in that time as well. Um, it was always going to be the case that Damien Delaney would struggle a little bit with any Premier League level speed speed of match now, mm-hmm. and albeit that we're sort of a bit deeper in that match against Man United, he's still not quite up to that pace anymore. You wouldn't expect many 36-year-old defenders to be up to the pace of, of the game at that level anymore. So we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot at the same time as being a little bit hamstrung. Yeah, but my point is, I go back, when we say that we've changed our style, what, what have we changed? I think it was more under De Boer where he tried to go for to three four three and trying to play this passing game, which you know we just don't have the players for. And I think now we're going back to a more direct style under Hodgson, so it's almost like we're doing our pre-season again. Yeah, but if you bring Will um, um, Zahar in, well, how does he play? You got to feed him, and if his tricks come off, and he's running the game, and he does. Then we're, then we're going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? He can win a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can you say, if he played 10 games on the spin, that he's going to play consistently? Well, that was always something levelled against him, wasn't it? He wasn't consistent. But do you think in the last few seasons he's got a bit more consistency to his game with his end product? But he doesn't cross the ball. Ben Teke, you mentioned Ben Teke as our second best player. Well, I'm not being funny. When we were playing, you had Wright and Bright. You had John Solarco out wide. You might have Eddie McGoldrick. And basically, they would absolutely scream at them to get the ball in the box. Mm-hmm. The game ain't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Everyone tells me football has changed. It's, it's quicker. How can it be quicker if you're playing from the back? In our day, keeper will get the ball, kick it 90 yards, <laughs> and then you for the knockdowns, you, you win the battle in the midfield, then the game slows down. But today, everyone plays the same, which doesn't make sense to me. How can Palace want to play like Chelsea or Man United? We've got to play to our strengths, and that's what we don't do. Hmm. You've got Ben Teke. I mean, I'm not being funny. You'd be getting cross. You'd want at least 15, 20 crosses in a game. How many did we get for him? Not many. And last season, he won the most headers in the Premier League of any player. And who runs behind him? Well, this is something we've said on the pod quite often. There isn't enough. There isn't enough people doing that. Yeah. Is that is that kind of Palace's DNA? That's sort well, of, of the way we is. play football. Of course like. it is. I mean, if you see the players they had going back from um, Vince Allaire, Swindlehurst, Jerry Murphy, Peter Nicholas, Billy Gilbert, all classic players who could play a bit. Kenny Sampson when he was there, I remember yeah. Kenny playing up and down, bombing, getting the ball in. You got to play with a target man. But we, for some strange reason, we we just play football and you think, wow, what's happening here? Well, speaking of the target, man, what what do Palace do now? Because we've got no Benteke for six weeks and there's no backup striker. What what are the options for Palace? 
Well, it's difficult because unless they play Delaney or play a centre-half up front. Like mm-hmm. Cobble did with Coleman, isn't it? Well, of course. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, that's... See, in football, I find when you're, you're, your back's against the wall, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And all of a sudden, a player comes out of, out of nowhere and you think, wow. Mm. I mean, that's what Coleman did. Yeah. Yeah, he gave us a presence, didn't he? When David White went off the boil, he came in and, you know, it did give us a presence. He didn't score many goals. He put in a lot of knockdowns. I think it was for Mark Bright at the time, he put in quite a few knockdowns. But I think the problem with playing a centre-half up front is that, you know, you really have to, you really do have to go direct. You really do have to go long ball because the majority of centre-halves aren't going to be any good with their feet. Yeah, but I'm saying, why not go direct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the problem is, don't you have to mix it up a bit as well? Well, Wimbledon didn't do too bad, did they? Yeah, no, good point. And if you think about it, I mean, your players, you've got Kabayi, uh, you've got MacArthur. Well, sometimes to say to them guys, I think we just want you to have two touch. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows what we're doing. Mm. At the moment, you watch the game like, here do his thing, here do his thing. There's not really a group, is there, to say, well, right, Eric Young... To, you know he's going to give it in the channel. So you've got to play a system where you know wh- where the ball's going to be. I don't think we've we got a system where we do know where the ball's going to be. Did it feel like Allardyce did that last season? It felt like he got us a bit back to basics and at least had a system where we thought we kind of know what he's going to do most games. Listen, what everyone's forgetting, Allardyce won three massive games. What kept us in the Premier Division last year. Everyone's forgot about them three games, and they were beat, and they were clubs. What we're talking about were beating us. Now mm-hmm. we went to Liverpool. Where else did we went? We went Chelsea. To Chelsea. 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 Yeah. yeah, and then the Arsenal game. And went to the Arsenal. Arsenal, and we beat up the Arsenal. Yeah, that's nine massive points. Yeah, turn it a, a season on. We're playing these sort of sides now, and everyone's like, he's telling me about aspirin or whatever the nightmare or. No, that's the wrong signal. I mean, me personally, like, I will always back the boys, the, the team. And for me, I would go old school. I would take them out on a bevy. Do you know, <laughs> a bit of bonding, have a fight. And do you know what I mean? Someone, if someone's got something against somebody, let it all be in a, a, a bar or somewhere where it's just them. And then, like, was there a lot of that in your day? Of course, Andy? there was. Yeah, yeah I remember the rumours about Coppel and Collymore, that sort of thing. No, always... Collymore didn't ruck with anyone. But no. what I'm saying to you, it was never personal. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you grab somebody, but you, you didn't do it to be a bully. You done it because you cared. I mean, do you think that fight's lacking at the moment? Then, listen, as I said, I would never criticise another pro. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying to you, the DNA and where you are in that in that division, bottom, with all these mad, silly records. Now, surely, I'm asking you guys, has anyone had a fight? Why not? What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we're all working here and, like, you're pissed... Oh, sorry, can't sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> no, like, you're driving me mad and I come in and I got the ump and I'm thinking, no, I'm not taking that today. Then, like, what I do, I slap you... Ra- but, but it's not... How can I say? It's not like assaulting somebody. It's just basically saying, I care. Yeah. Behave yourself. Let's all do this together. Well, it looks at the it does look at the moment from, from the outside looking in that the, the players lack confidence at the moment. How, how do you go about restoring that? Because that's, that's delicate. Bonding. That's difficult. You've got to take them out. You, you, 
you can't flog them on the training ground. All of a sudden, like, you throw a curveball and say, listen, you know what, we're going away for two days. So let them have something to drink. All right, then I suppose they don't drink beer no more. I think it's mineral water, whatever. <laughs> and you just want, like... Sam did that last season, didn't he? Took them all to Dubai for sort of some warm mm-hmm. weather yeah. training. A bit, bit of a change of scenery. Well, it's a, it's um, a change, change of scenery... And plus, it's a bonding session. So where you might have in the change room now, little clicks. Well, when you're all together, you're like for two days, you can't go in a click because in the training ground, there's all different parts of the training ground. You can like sit with your group. And, but mm-hmm. when you're together going away, it's a bond. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I, I mean. If they was asking my advice, I'd say, listen, take them away. Let them have a, a jolly up. Just, and basically... Get together and, like, if you want someone to cry on someone's shoulder, or, you know what I mean? Just be together and think, yeah, we're, we are as one. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah, because, I mean, I always felt like with Palace, the best Palace teams, your team of the early 90s, the team from a couple of years ago that came up, there was always, it felt like there was a strong team unity. Yeah. There was a team yeah. spirit. And do you think that's kind of underrated these days? Well, of course it's underrated, because at the end of the day, Everyone didn't like me and I didn't like everybody, <laughs> but they knew they could count on me. Yeah. Some days, I, some weeks I would go training. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I would turn up, like, and I'm not like trying to like, get uh, sound bites, but I would turn up at like 28 minutes past 10. We used to have to train at 10.30 and I'll be out there and do my, and then go. And then on the Saturday, the boys knew, mm-hmm. well, that's one, one, one we can count on Andy. You know what I mean? If I was happy, then that's when they think, oh, what's wrong? Just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, think, I think it's, it's you know, you've got to remember that what's got us where we are is team spirit. Players like yeah. Damien Delaney, Peter Ramage, that team, you know, Mila Yedinak, they would have, you yeah. know, they'd have died for each other, basically. Yeah. They yeah. had a huge team spirit. Yeah. Now, you know, since that, since Yedinak went, I think that was a sort of catalyst that's led to this led to this downfall. Although we revived it a bit under Sam, I still think there's something underlying there. I think I think that whole team spirit we had to go up has gone. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's just no. How you're it not looks wrong because at the end of the day, why he had to go is because the manager at the time he couldn't handle him. Didn't want another alpha male on the mm-hmm. scene. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's the impression I got. It's not the impression. That is what happened. At the end of the day, he should have he should have been there till he couldn't kick another ball. Yeah, yeah. So no, when someone took him, he was a finished article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we weren't established in that respect to let a strong character like that go. No, and no one no one's taken up the mantle and replaced no. him. Is it? And there's no one. No one, one man, the players are rallying around like when you had Yedinak and before him even Paddy McCarthy. There's no sort of central point to that team. They made Dan captain for a while. Dan's not captain material. Punchin, I love Punchin a bits, but that just seems like that just seems like a gesture to the fans to me. We don't really have a real leader in there, do we anymore? I think Luke is capable of it. I mean, I, I think he. He's got that sort of steel to him. He's got yeah, that sort of way, bite yeah, in how he, he plays. Yeah, yeah. No. the sad thing is we've been leaving him on the bloody bench. No, but the way he plays, I mean, it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at him as like somebody. I think yeah, he's a leader. Yeah, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. And he's like 
really technical and looks good. But I'm saying, does any of the other sides in the Premiership look at Crystal Palace and go, wow, they've got, you know, a leader? Do you know, somebody who's like, he might be the, the worst player, but he's the leader. We ain't got that. Not at the moment. But the thing is, how do you... I feel like that kind of team spirit, that unity, having a leader, mm. it's a fine balance. When it's gone, where do you, where do you get it from? How do, you, how do you bring it back? You've got to fall to get up. And then you, when, you, when you start getting back up after you've fallen, you yeah. start coming up with soldiers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because this premier, the premiership, it's just a word to me, premiership. Football is football. The ball's still round. The goal areas are still the same size. Corner flags are still the same side. So at the end of the day, you want to score goals. So you want to get into a position. The quicker the ball goes up, goes up into someone's area, well, you, the more chance you've got of scoring and then not scoring against you. So that would be the way I'd be thinking. Hmm. And mixing that in with like trying to get a team spirit. Yeah, they're down, but you've got to, you've got to get them up somehow. Hmm. Do you, see, do you see anyone in the current squad that you think, well, the, these guys could be the ones that right now Palace are down and they are down, that could step up and start, start sort of pulling through? If I'm being honest, I think the only one that we've got is Will. And, you know, but he's got to be on his game. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and I've never seen a winger... Uh, have touched the ball for 90 minutes you know so it's it's a difficult situation but it's not a dead situation mm-hmm. because as I said we're six points from safety we've, um, we've lost seven games I mean come on yeah. I mean, well Palace have come back from, from a similar situation in 2013 with three points after 10 games we finished 11 that season so it's it's definitely doable I mean, but we've got easily a better squad in terms of technical players now than we had in 2013. So you would hope, notwithstanding what, all, all the points we make there about leaders, I think are fair points, but you'd still hope that there are enough technical footballers in that squad that if you can get them all fit and playing together, that they should just win some matches by being a better team than some of the teams lower down. Yeah, but then you can have another problem. Say everyone gets fit. What is our strongest team? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, what would I pick at the moment? I, I would go for Spironi above Hennessy. I think Fossey meant to uh, right back. Uh, Centre back, I would go Tonkins and Sacco. Left back, we've got about 15 of them. So whichever one of the 15 you want to pick, <laughs> no, they're but, all interchangeable. No, but the point I'm saying, you're picking a team now. Yeah. So the point I was saying to you was, well, if everyone's fit, what is the team which rolls off your head to say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, mm. 11. Well, it's not. All of a sudden you're telling me you've got 15 left back, 15 <laughs> right back. Da, 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 da. Yeah, because in your day it was pretty much settled every week, wasn't it? Unless there was an injury, you know, it'd be you and Jeff Thomas in the centre midfield, right and right up front, so like I'm a Goldrick White. It was pretty settled yeah. every week. But, you know, in these days of large squads and Premier League football and players not being able to play twice a week and all that bollocks... Um, you yeah, know, but, you yeah, don't but, really get that settled line no, but, do you? Yeah, but what I'm saying to you, forget, like, other teams with large... We ain't got a large squad. No. <laughs> so, what, 25... We've got any strikers we for a start. More, no, we had more players in our day. 
Yeah, but what I'm talking about is the settled lineup. I mean, you know, yeah, outside yeah. of that first eleven, it was no. But I'm weak, t- well, what's it? our first eleven? That's the point well, I'm this trying is to it. say. Nobody seems to know. Least of all the manager. I mean, for a start, who's our best left back? Is it is it Schlupp? Is it Van Arnholt? Who I thought was pretty awful at the weekend. Or is it Suarez? You know, until you get that settled lineup, you're not going to get any consistency, really. No, you're not. But the point I'm trying to say, let's not. Um, up about oh well we haven't got fit players we got what we got mm-hmm. and we got to deal with it and I'm saying let's concentrate on building togetherness like you know a good atmosphere around the players yeah they're down change it up let's not talk about him being in because at the end of the day as Mourinho says if he's in what am I talking about an injured player for mm-hmm. can't do anything for you do you think as well, you're talking about sort of getting the team spirit, do you think the fans have a role to play in that as well on match day down at Sellers? Listen, I, t- I swear, I wished I could roll back the time and I was never one who would um, sort of like react to fans, but I've been to games there and I've seen them like rock that gaff and I was thinking, wow, we never had that. We never had that. When, I mean, them, is it ultras? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're fans. <laughs> It was I'm pretty loud in the Arthur Ray enclosure in your day, but it's not the same nah, as that. Yeah. It's not, not is that where you were? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's what, what, the point I'm trying to say is that I, I go back and I see certain things and I think, wow, don't get me wrong. When we, in the semi final, that was the way I see these ultras are and the way that when the crowd's buzzing, I mean, it's, it's like that, mm-hmm. like a semi final. And that was like nearly. What twenty five year ago? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But we had to wait for a semi final to have that kind of buzz. But I go to the ground sometimes, and it's unbelievable. So the players have got the support from the the fans. But all like, listen, I'm a South London boy. All Palace fans want is the players to give a shift. Mm-hmm. And if they give a shift, even if we lost every game, they would still. When you're a player and things are down, like they are now, but the fans turn up and they put in their own shift on the sidelines, yeah. does that, do you notice that? Do you actually notice, does, does that give you a lift? Yeah, of course you do, because, listen, the game's changed now. I mean, we used to train at Mitcham and like fans used to be able to literally come and watch us train mm-hmm. and they can't even do that no more, which to me is your local side. You can't watch them train. What's, what's going on here? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, so for me, the Palace fans are special. And all, as I said, all they want to see is the players give a shift. They're not stupid. If you're paying like, I don't know what they charge to, to get into the ground, you, your kid, you're not a dummy, are you? you, know, you it adds you, up as well. Well, of course it adds up. Yeah. But what I'm saying, they know what they're seeing. So trying to fool them by talking rubbish, they're seeing the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. Unless... You've got different glasses to them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you about pay, players putting in a shift. I mean, Peter Ramage, for example, not the most skillful, no. not, not the complete footballer no. by any means, but we all loved him because we knew he would put his head everywhere to, to win for us. And, you know, he had exactly that sort of character we need. And I think we're lacking that bit of character at the moment. No, definitely. I mean, I think a million percent. And I think if we concentrated on trying to get togetherness, as a, like the team and trying to get the confidence built in them 
then I think we might get a little break here and there. Do you think once we get that sort of first goal, we're still waiting for a league goal, that sort of first break, do you think that will just bring the confidence back? Do you think we'll see no, more goals? not at all. I mean, they're professional footballers. So I'm not being funny. If, if, if you're, it's like saying, if this bus turns up, do you reckon 10 will turn up together? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting at a bus stop. <laughs> so for me, if we score a goal, so what? Mm-hmm. We might score two goals and lose 4-2. What does that mean? Oh, because we sort of score two goals, that means we'll be all right next week. No. Even if we say we would have scored we st- and lost seven games on the spin, what, what would we be talking about then? Hmm. Do you think we've been unlucky? Because I've got a stat here. We've created, I think it was the fourth highest amount of chances in the Premier League. Kabai has created fourth or fifth highest amount of chances. Is there a bit of luck involved? Oh. And did the player sort of buy into that? Maybe it's rubbish. Luck, well, you know us? what? You know what I did? I'll give you a stat. I bought 20 Euro million tickets. <laughs> yeah. Didn't win. Didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, only counts if they go in the net. Do you know what I mean? It's so. uh, funny, on goals on Sunday, they were, they were doing a sort of a, a round-up of uh, the United match. And I must be a glutton for punishment because I watched the whole sort of section. And uh, they had Carl and Cole on and they were looking at the penalty shout that we probably should have had when Schlupp goes into the box and it's fouled. And we're 3-0 down at, the point, at that point. And they go, well, could have turned Palace's season. You go, what, because it would have made it 4-1 at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I guess getting that one goal, you know, that's what we need, isn't it? Even if we even if we did lose, it's getting that one goal. It's get it's the psychological thing of getting off the mark. Well, they are because the longer this goes on, the longer this goes on, the more it's going to smash their confidence. Well, we're, we're, we must be. Well, we'll put it this way: I understand what you're saying, but as an ex-pro, well, we're in trouble if if we're thinking like that. That. You know, psychologically, if we get this goal and we lost 4-1, what will be will be. And at the end of the day, we're not creating enough chances to actually score a lot of goals. I think I think uh, Burnley, we were unlucky. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should have scored. We should, yeah. I mean, Scott Dan at least should have got the one at, one at the end. But what I'm saying, but you start doing, you start think overthinking. When, when you're sort of like in a problem you start overthinking mm-hmm. so I suppose if we would have been four points in the table and he had that chance he'd most probably have gone in yeah yeah, he wouldn't have thought about it it just would have, just would have gone in so that's the point where I say you take everyone away from the situation the players and, and staff and that take them away take them away from the training ground mm-hmm. just get away from it and just think you know what boom this is where we are right when we turn up back to training uh, the following Monday, it's a new start, mm-hmm. you know? So whatever luggage you've left out, just get it out of the way and just start again. Mm-hmm. But as I said, they get paid the big money to make the decisions. I'm just like a local South London boy, don't know anything, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of start again, let, let's wrap up part one there. In part two, we've got questions from our listeners, including loads of questions for Andy. So join us in a bit. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. <laughs> just me, then. Just you. Just me. 
Uh, Pod two two seven sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. And we are joined by Palace legend Andy Gray. Now, Andy, we've had a lot of questions from our listeners um, for you. And in fact, I'm going to start with, we've got a lot of comments, basically, from a lot of fans quite simply saying, thank you. Stephen Galloway says, just say thanks. We still love him. Oh, teammate of yours, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it that Stephen Galloway? Oh, I don't think I don't so. know. He's in Sweden now, I believe. Martin Burrell says, thank him for his effort and skill when in a Palace shirt. And Andy Ball says, my first away game was Shrewsbury Town in 1985. Scored. We scored. Yeah. We won 2-0. Andy Gray and Phil Barber right, scored. Yeah, That's when you're a striker, weren't you? Yeah, Andy? yeah. yeah. And we've also had a few comments uh, from some former colleagues. So, Mr. <laughs> These are quite funny. I've read these. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them as well. <laughs> Mr. Alan Smith, yeah, former good. Palace assistant. And no, manager. I, I tell you what, Alan used to give me advice, and I never listened to him. And uh, no, seriously, like I know like, we're joking that, but I said to him, sent him a text, and said, like, you know, I should have listened to him. Uh, all the things, because I never helped him when he became manager and uh, I should have, I should have done, but I just had allegiance with Steve and I, I just saw him sitting in the, in the chair and that's like the South London stubbornness where, you know, wasn't he trying to bring you back then? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember you was, it came very close. No, didn't I was it? in the office. Yeah. I remember that. No, I came, I came back, um, um, tried to get me on loan and I think, the game I would have played against was Nottingham Forest. That's right, yeah. The midweek yes. game. I we, think we'd beaten 1-0. We'd just got Damien Matthew, I believe. I remember, I remember you being linked. I yeah, yeah no, no. no I, I should have, to be quite honest with you, I should have come back. But um, I didn't, so the rest is history. But um, no, I should have done. That regret, do you regret that? Yeah, I do, because to be quite honest with you, no matter... What anyone says, and like all the clubs I was lucky enough uh, to play for, Palace was always the club for me. I played my best football there. I was relaxed. This is like this area. Is, I just there. I was there when we um, got promoted against Burnley. Yeah, it's in a the, you in the dressing yeah, room. In the Gilbert, like, yeah, yeah, in the dressing room at eleven, and. Um, yeah, I was stupid, but like as I said, it's the South London in me. Do you know what I mean? And like the stubbornness where people were not giving me the respect I thought I, I was due, but someone else wanted to give me the respect. Hence, going to the clubs I went to. Mm-hmm. So, didn't you mention at the time that there's some sort of conflict with Mickey Joy and George Wood? I seem to remember that. No, I mean I'll tap on that. Because I think we were still in the, the era of chalky and all that. And, oh, right, yeah. But yeah. which, listen, at the end of the day, it, it didn't bother me, but these guys were kind of... Old school, yeah. Yeah, old school and, you know, and we had young players coming up. So they were coming to the end of their careers while we were, like, taking over the club and they didn't like it. So, but at the end... Of, at the end like obviously Steve backed us and then got them out of the door. Yeah, although it's too late for you, wasn't it? You'd already gone to Villa by the time Wood and Cannon and the old guard had gone, hadn't you? Yeah, but no, that that was a that was a funny scenario that because uh 
we was in Sweden. Yeah, we was in Sweden in the pre-season, and uh, like basically, I didn't get on with George and um, and Jim. But as I said, I knew Jim when I was a kid. Yeah. So I've you can imagine, pictures. and I was a, I was a cocky kid then. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you can imagine, like going back, and he sees me, and like I'm supposed to be like one of the saviors because I think we was in the second second division, old second right, division, yeah. mm-hmm. and we didn't have any money. And I think they got me from Dulwich for like £2,000 and a, a set of tracksuits. So obviously when I turned up, we had Peter Nicholas was still there, uh, Jerry Murphy. And then we had like some players like ex-Chelsea players. Gary Locke, Gary wasn't Locke, it? Mickey Droy. Mickey Droy. Yeah. <laughs> And you had some real dross like Trevor Tony Mahoney, Tre- yeah, Trevor, Trevor Aylott. Aylott. Oh God, yeah, Trevor uh, who Aylott. else was there? <laughs> yeah, there were some right like cowboy guys there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So some of them were really on their last <laughs> yeah, legs, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Although the season before was worse because we had John Lacey. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I think, yeah, John Lacey was still there as well. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, but Steve Cook will never played him. No, you tell Steve was going to be a good manager after that. So, <laughs> so we had um, like a kind of mix of players who had a career. And like obviously, like I dropped out because um, I didn't get offered an apprenticeship at uh, Palace. So what happened was uh, Johnny Griffin, who's a scout at Palace, took me there when I was eleven. Went to Brentford, and he took me to Brentford, and uh, I signed apprenticeship there. And because I was living in um, uh, Clapham, not Clapham, Acre Lane, off Brixton, I used to take the thirty-seven to Brentford. And I used to come in late. So the manager said to me, one more time you come late, I'm going to like sack you. Oh, right. So he did. I'll come in late and he sacked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't say he didn't warn you. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you and Tony Finnegan, you were both in the youth team, weren't you? Yeah. And then you went Tony off to was... non-league and then you came back, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because Tony yeah. was a, a year older, older than me. I think, yeah, Tony's two years older than me. But Tony was good because Tony was in that um, youth team with Neil Banfield, That's Gary right. Grabham, and his son plays for uh, Middlesbrough Lewis now. Lewis Grabham, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, Sean Brooks. Tony Finnegan, I thought, never fulfilled his potential. I no, think he no. did look a decent player when we had him. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, he looked decent when he came back for Blackburn and Hull, but he just never hit those heights, did no. he? No, but... Sorry. Is there an argument that we don't see it a lot these days of players coming from non-league to the top? But is, is there an argument that maybe Jamie going... Vardy did it, didn't he? Jamie Vardy, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of celebrated as a rarity. Does it sort of? Does it make you? Does it give you even more drive going to non-league? Let, and then let me back? tell you now, and I don't know how many chairmen you're going to have watching this or listening to this. There is so many golden nuggets in non-league football. It's a joke, mm-hmm. but you know what it is. To scout a player, like I got offered a job at Palace. Not many people knew this, but this is the first time they're going to know about it. And it was through Dougie when I brought Andre Moritz to the club. Yeah, I remember Moritz, yeah, yeah. It was me who brought him to the club. And if I, I'm not going to tell you what I got that guy to sign for. And I'm talking, it was next to nothing, appearance money. And now this guy, at the end of the season, winds up playing at Wembley, coming on. And then being promoted. But no one gave me a tap on the back, but it's not a problem, it's cool. And non-league football has got so many players out there that clubs and the scouts ain't got the bottle to say, Mr Chairman, 
manager, whoever in the club, get this boy, give him a chance. It comes to nothing. Mm. Clubs like Peterborough tend to. I mean, Peterborough always have a nice conveyor belt of sort of non-league talent. But would you think because it's... It seemed too. It's deemed too much of a risk in the higher divisions because the stakes are higher. How is it? it? I'm not. I'm not being funny. Listen, if they said to me, "Now I'm 53. I've got a bit of a gut on me. There's a, I've got Art Vacana Stella, <laughs> right? I'm sitting in someone's front room in uh, Fulton Heath, North Borough Road, right? <laughs> and if someone said to me, Andy, we're going to play you on Saturday against Chelsea. I would kill to be out there. Even in this state, I would put a fight up. Palace need a striker, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I'll do it. It might happen, yeah. It might happen. <laughs> Can I read you Smithy's message that Go he on. sent you? He's put top player and bloke, loved working with him. Ask him on the hill run oh. and tr- trying in a big coat. Sheepskin right. coat, yeah. Do you know Farving Downs? Yeah. yeah. Well... On a Tuesday, that was our physical day. And believe me, like, and then, because we had some good runners and like, I'm, I weren't the, the best runner, but I would just, I would try. But to lighten it up, because we used to have to run up this hill six times after going, going around the, the circuit. So uh, one day and one session uh, was there and it was a hot day. I just took all my clothes off and ran up there naked. <laughs> I wasn't a Shakespeare. <laughs> and everyone's sort of like cracking up, do you know? <laughs> so what is, we've had, we have had a lot of people tweeting, asking about the sheepskin jacket. What oh, was no. that? What, what was, i tell you what that was. Uh, I don't know if you, got, you guys never, did you ever go to Mitcham? A couple of times, yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. Well, do you remember, you know where the canteen was? There used to be a slidey door. So the canteen hatch was there and the wall and there was like a slidey door. And that used to be Peter Prentice's office, God rest his soul. And he was yeah. a great guy. And um, we didn't used to have proper training kit back in the day. Do you know what I mean? It was like first come in and like you get all the whatever, the best stuff. And the, if you came in late, which I used to do, there'd be hardly anything left. So what happened was it was cold, so cold that morning. And then I went into Peter's office and there was like a coat hanger. I saw a sheepskin. So it must have been one of the kids who left the sheepskin the night before because they used to train in the evening. So I just put the sheepskin on. <laughs> With a bib on top of it. And, tra- tra- and did the job. Just trained in the sheepskin. <laughs> All right, it's funny. Maybe, the, maybe that's what the current players need to do. Training no, sheepskin. Yeah, but there's no characters though. I mean, at the end of the day, they got fancy cars and... Uh, tweeting about rubbish, but it's, there's no, there's no one wants to laugh at themselves. Do you know what I mean? And like I used to, even though I was mad and I was serious, didn't when I done things, like everyone would just like crack up because that's the, was my character. Do you know what I mean? I'd be quiet, and all of a sudden I think, blow this. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I remember one time training, training in the back of Mitchum that used to be muddy as hell, and uh, I had a pair of. Uh, Puma training shoes on and Richard Shaw was marking me I was just sliding him all over the gaff do you know what I mean just take but them guys we schooled like Southgate I used to call him CID with uh, with uh, Andy Woodman they used to drive like a Vauxhall like the old CID car oh, yeah. <laughs> 
that. So he looks the same as he does now. Yeah. Then, now, you know what I mean? So can you imagine him in one of them uh, plain clothes cars? You know what I mean? And Woody, like, well, I can't believe the size Woody's got, but yeah. but no, we had some and uh, Simon Osborne. Great players, do you know what I mean? Well, speaking of sort of uh, dressing room jinx, you've had a message from Eddie McGoldrick. Oh, Ed, yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, um, ask Andy to tell you the story of when he cut Marco Gabbiadini's toes out of his socks when he was having a medical. No, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't like him, I'm just being totally honest. I mean, that's, that's just me, but... I, what I was, it? was it? Was it a personality thing, or was it just because you thought he was shit? No, you know what it was? Can you imagine... Somebody coming up from Sunderland. Sunderland, coming in the morning training, telling us he went to watch My Fair Lady. Uh, uh, was it? They used to have beer with the Swiss. Uh, uh, sw- oh, with the widget. Widget, yeah. widget, widget. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, we're thinking, we can't, like, they're not giving us that sort of money to, like, we don't even go and watch shows, you know what I mean? It was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, just coming in, boasting, and we went to that restaurant. And then on the Saturday, he was sh- Yeah, he didn't, didn't fit the style, did he? I mean, it was just a very, very much a panic boy. We went for, I think, Alan Shearer first. He turned us oh, down, then Brian Dean. And then, like, because he was highly rated, although he hadn't really scored at the Can top that cause level. a big issue in dressing rooms? Because, I mean, there's, there's yeah. obviously the chat that Kibai came into Palace on significantly more money than other people that were currently in that dressing room. Are players aware of sort of disparity <coughs> in pain? Can it cause tension? Well... All I can say is, back in our day, I think you could have been arguing over 50 quid or 100 quid. But that's the way football was. But the players, what you're talking about, who are kind of like thinking, well, why is he getting 100 quid more than me? I'm putting in a shift like him. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then, if Kabai is coming in and he's on whatever he's on, and he's not the main man, then, I, well, let's be real here. Why wouldn't you have the um? Why would you want to try hard as him? Or, well, you wouldn't even try hard as him. Do you know what I mean? Why would you want to do more than him if you're not getting the, the same as him? And if he's not really putting out? And does that make the players go to the gaffer's office and, you know, start asking questions? Well, listen, stuff? I don't know about today because they're getting a, they're getting a lump of money, aren't they? So... Back in your day, did you sort of knock on the gaffer's door sometimes? No, not know? really. No, 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 no. It was all about playing. It was all about playing. But if you knew someone came, it was like the bought players got treated better than the players who were homegrown players. But it's not... So, well, I think it's still like that in wages-wise in football clubs. Hmm. You know, the, like the, the homegrown players don't get as much as the ones who come in from a different side. Do you think homegrown players get more or less of a chance these days? You know, sort of academy players at the top level? No, they don't because Chelsea's a perfect example. I mean, if you think a Loftus-Cheek, if he was brought up through Palace, he would be sold by Palace to a Chelsea. But because Chelsea have got him, it come to Crystal Palace to get a game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. does that make sense? Doesn't mm. really, does it? No. Look, we've had loads of questions. I'm going to put a few more to you. Dave Kelly says, you played with some great Palace players in your time, but just how good was Phil Barber? 
Do you know what? Let me tell you something. You know, we, early on we were talking about confidence. Well, Phil Barber, you know what? I'm thinking it's going to matter, man, because I thought it was Eddie McGoldrick. No, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Right. Easy mistake <laughs> No, because let me just quickly get on to that. I'm thinking when you said Phil Barber, all of a sudden when we mentioned Eddie, I thought yeah, it was Eddie yeah. McGoldrick. And it just went back in my mind when Eddie was at the club, he was always a good player. Mm. But when he went to Arsenal, he, he kind of went on another level. Yeah. Mm. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That last yeah. season with us, I mean, he got about, I think, about 12 goals, didn't he, from the wing and played quite yeah, a few but, games at centre-half right, and sweeper. Right, but see, what you've got to remember, it's the makeup of what we had with all the players I, I had gone. So what I'm saying, when the, the kind of big characters went, these guys could take the mantle because they were taught properly. Do you understand? Yeah. They had the right people around them. What I said, we was never, it was never personal. Do you know what I mean? So if you said to somebody, listen, you've got to do this, and then they're not really listening to you, but they are. Yeah. As soon as you go, they go, oh, I remember Andy Gray told me that. This is what you should do. And, and that's how a lot of them got a good career, a lot of these guys. With Phil Barber, though, do you think he was unfairly maligned? I think he was, because he was... If he was playing today, he would, he would do well, because... He could run all day, Phil. Yeah, mm. no, he always gave the effort. I mean, Cop always called him Mr. 110%. And he could score he? a goal. And, you know, maybe he wasn't up to up to the top flight. Maybe he was just below that level, but you couldn't fault him for trying. No. And at the end of the day, when he joined, we had no money. I mean, you and him were our strike force for two seasons, weren't you? Yeah. And you, you both got pretty decent goal tally. 11, I think I got yeah. 11, he got 10. He got 10. In, so the, in that season. You know, people criticise away, but at the end of the day, he played an important part in getting us to the level that we got to. Yeah, definitely. Another player from non-league as well. Aylesbury. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Aylesbury, yeah. Okay, so uh, Phil Huffer has said, uh, who was your toughest opponent? My toughest opponent? Um, Any of the guys from the crazy gang? Like no. difficult to play against? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so, you've seen the footage of Dave Madden pushing fashion around. No, no. Well, no, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think they ever beat us. I think when we were landlords, they beat us once. That was like before, I think, Jim Cannon time and all that when I was there. I think they oh, beat us there's, once. There's that game they got five past us, wasn't Yeah, that was, that was a hot day. Season. That was a hot That's day. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Jim was... and all them played. That's right. And uh, uh, what's his, uh, the left back, the old Arsenal boy? Gold, uh, Brian Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Sparrow, yeah. yeah. Wheeler and Dealer, yeah. Um, what was the question? Toughest. <laughs> 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 uh, Toughest opponent. Well, I'll tell you what. What was his name? Ian Atkinson played for Barnes, Barnesley. Oh, I Ian Atkins, the yeah. old Birmingham one, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he was a nasty bastard, yeah. wasn't he? Well, I remember we played at Barnsley and he went through me. But them times you could, like, basically do what you want. But he went through me and he got me right on the spine, like the tackle, and it, it buckled me. And I would have to say him, that's the... I would say that would have to be the 
the hardest player that I kind of played against who got one over me like that. And yeah, I had to kind of look twice. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I played against him. When a player does that, does that psychologically make Ooh, you yeah, think? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't care how hard you are. Do you know what I mean? You, should, you know? Does it make you, does it make you as well also think, well, I'm going to have him back if I get the chance? Yeah. But the only, to be quite honest with you, I think um, I moved. So I didn't really, I don't think I played against him after that. Maybe once. But, uh, yeah, I remember we played Southend and uh, Shane Wesley, centre-half. Do you remember him, Shane? Oh, that rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Kell, like, and all that spray flying about. We played him uh, in a, at, was it Rootsall? Rootsall, yeah. Oh, yeah, and we had a corner. I'll never forget. And, like, we was having a corner, and, like, I'm jockeying, I think, with Brighton, and all of a sudden, the guy's, like, chin me. I've got what's happening there? <laughs> I said, Brighton, I'm going to get this geezer. <laughs> so all of a sudden, like, Mark's, like, bobbing, bobbing, and all of a sudden, I've, like, I'm near Mark, and he's, like, bobbing, bobbing. The corner's going to come over, but he's come, moved. So soon as, when he's moved, I've, like, jabbed him but I've like caught him sweet on the oh he was like spark out I remember you having a proper battle with George Berry once when we played Stoke as well do you remember George Berry he was hard as nails but I remember you having a proper battle with him once dragging each other all over the place but then after you you will pally and everything yeah we we wouldn't get that now no I mean back in the day I'm not being funny if someone said something and you didn't like it you would actually go into the the players bar and address it mm-hmm. and, and finish it there and then but I suppose nowadays they change shirts don't they pretty yeah. much yeah <laughs> was it a case though of a kind of a mutual respect thing so if someone Definitely. hit you on the pitch and then you hit them after after the game was it kind of like well this is just what we do on the pitch yeah and it, but if they took it personal then you would basically um, have to sort, like, sort it out okay. after Speaking of which, we've got a question from Ben Allen who says, what happened in the tunnel with Dennis Wise when you were sent off at Nothing Sellers happened together? in the tunnel. He ran, he ran straight into the dressing room with their guy. <laughs> Nothing happened. Oh, really? Okay. He just, basically, I was waiting for him and he just, with the minder, or not a minder, but whoever, the kit man, was um, in front of me and he just gave him the path and that was it. That rem- Wimbledon team's reputation, a lot of it was hype, wasn't it? They, definitely, they definitely. They weren't particularly hard by no. any means. There's much harder players around in no. those days. It's just because they did well, they got a lot of attention. We took the best players from that team, in my opinion. Yeah, we had Forney, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Uh, we had Hodges for a bit, but he didn't really do yeah, much. Yeah, no, he was a bit unlucky with Hodges because he was a good player. I think he got injured, didn't he? Done his ankle or something. He never really recovered. Yeah, and John Solarco went to the next level, didn't he? And he's yeah. never got to get back on the left wing then. No. Someone, Rob Wall, has asked us, did you ever get a Zenith Data Systems Cup tattoo? Is that a thing? This could be a revelation. Listen, <laughs> There's a guilty looking smile after Listen, that. tell Rob I'm old school. I don't do tattoos and all of that. Yeah? Fair <laughs> enough. <Tattoo>. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> yeah. I think that might be the best question we've ever had. It's a, it's a left field question. Tony, Tony Sackwell said probably... T- t- in the late 80s, does he remember knocking the ref out with the clearance? Or am I making this up? He's making it up. <laughs> fantasy, fantasy. <laughs> I'm not going to claim things I've never done. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of questions saying, what is, your, what is your best moment for Palace? Best moment? Favourite moment. 
I think my debut against um, Grimsby scoring. I think we won two one, and we were in um, like near the relegation, and we were fighting. I think that season That's played in right, midfield yeah. with uh, Peter Nicholas, who's somebody I looked looked up to uh, as a kid. Because back then, when we were kids, like I used to knock about with John Burridge, mm-hmm. and. Um, Good guy, and they used to give you boots. And Kenny Sampson give you trainers when they used to play uh, at um, the Wembley Fiver sides. So it was like a family club. Like what I'm saying, if they, if you had talent, the first team you could be around them. Do you know what I mean? As long as you weren't too cheeky, but I was. Do you know what I mean? But that's just me. And uh, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that there now. Do you know what I mean? To be quite honest, with you, I think. I would struggle to get in the training ground. Do you know what I mean? Which is like kind of sad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're I... all like untouchable celebrities now, aren't they? And it's that sort of connection between the players and the fans. I mean, the old player of the year, do it. It was basically a piss up in crystals. Crystals, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, now it's I'll stick your suit on. We'll hire out the Odeon in Leicester Square, and we'll all wear f-ing tuxedos. Yes. <laughs> No, it, it is um, it is kind it is kind of strange, and I think why should you lose that identity? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you want to stay in the league. It doesn't matter how you stay in there, but like if you've got a good core of like strong characters, you'll always have a chance. Yeah. So we've had quite a few questions, including this one from Steve Woolback, who says, "Who's the best player that you played with at Palace?" I mean, there's quite a few candidates for that. Not Gabby Adina. Not Gabby Adina. Who's the best player I played with at Palace? I would say my combination with Jeff was because, to be quite honest with you, you know what? Seriously, a lot. Not a lot of fans would know it. Me and Jeff didn't really get on, but we respected each other. And I keep going back to that word respect. It was never personal. Do you know what I mean? Like. We would, I don't think... I think Friedman and Morrison had a similar relationship, didn't they? It's like, oh, you I don't know, know I didn't chalk and cheese off the pitch, but on the pitch. Yeah, know, I mean... Totally different story. If, if I said to you, like, back in the day that I spoke to Jeff in the canteen, I'd I'd be a liar if I said I did. Do you know what I mean? We And, like, when we trained, we'd always train on opposite sides. Do you know what I mean? And we'd be competitive, like like, mad, but... There was a respect there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, we on that FA Cup run, we was in, uh, and this is where I go back to where you go away. We used to go away after, um, every time we won, and if there was a league game, we would go away before the week before the next game. And I think it happened like two or three times. And then I think the third time we was in Tenerife. And... Um, Basically, like, we was at a bar, Jeff's had a drink. I wasn't really a drinker. But, like, we had that kind of mutual chat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, come on, let's, like, bury whatever hatchet that we got. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I, I go back to say, well, we're in this situation. There must be tension between him, him. Just get it out and go forward. Do you know what I mean? That's the way I see it. But... Jeff is a, to me is my hero. What that guy's gone through. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm strong. 
he puts me in the shade, mate. Hmm. He puts me in the shade. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm a warrior. But this guy... He's I'm a like, proper hero, isn't he? Listen, Inspiration. Yeah. You can't say no more. Yeah. And what's it like when you're a player and you have you have that connection with someone on the pitch? Because I bet that doesn't happen very often throughout your career, that you really have someone that you just connect with on the pitch. No, to be quite honest with you, I would say two players that I connected with was Stuart Gray when I went to Villa. And it was personal reasons why I didn't really settle there. But I did like, I did love it there. I really did. But it was like kind of personal reasons why. And like Taylor couldn't handle me. I remember one day he said, I don't want you going back to London. Anyway, so finished training. Like it was peeing down the ranks. It always rained in Birmingham. Got to the end of the, the M1. Who do I see at the roundabout? Graham Taylor. Oh. <laughs> 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 exactly, you couldn't write a script for that, I swear to God. Is that, is that, is that, was that what made him so eat a QPR then? No, I'll tell you what, why I got sold to Queen's Park Rangers because um, we played Sheffield Wednesday and uh, that scumbag, um, Megson. Oh, yeah. He got me sent off. And at the time, Graham Taylor was going for the England job and he just wanted to be squeaky clean. And having somebody like me, who he thought was going to like go the other way, which was never was, but I just got sent off. And then we played Rangers. Trevor Francis was manager and he was actually playing. And uh, I had a really good game. And then on the pitch, he just said to me, do you want to come back to London? I thought... Yeah, why not? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they bought me. But I didn't like it at Queen's Park Range. It's a funny club. Very funny club. In what <sighs> Trust me. <laughs> was that, was Bolstrode, did Bolstrode still own it then? Or with Jim Gregory? Was it Jim no, Gregory? No, it was the, the, the guys who owned Windsor Racecourse. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, Thompson's. It's, it's after. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I heard, I've heard a few things about them. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little stopover. But I'm not being funny. They couldn't have put three of the maddest people in a room, which was me, Mark Dennis, mm-hmm. and Alan McDonald. And I swear to God, like it was just crazy. There was a B day in this place, and well, God rest his soul. Someone's done something in the B day. Oh my word. <laughs> Because they were too drunk, right, to realise what they'd done. But they didn't leave it in there. They tried to take it out. <laughs> was like, oh, yeah. McDonald, was yeah, it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying, it was just, just characters. It was just like, <laughs> just, just fun. And then two of you came, to Pal- came back to Palace together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Mark, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got um, a few more questions then from our listeners. This one's from Delirious Dave, and he says, um, I went berserk when you scored at Villa Park. My best day supporting Palace. What was yours playing for Palace? I mean, that would be up there surely, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, but do you know the funny thing about that um, that afternoon or that weekend? Was it they used to have the Grand National or something? Was it? Or did... I think so, yeah. 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 Yeah, there was, was like racing. It was because at the time I was living in Putney, and um, I was saying to all my mates, I said, "Listen, just lump on Liverpool." I said, "Like, there's no way we're going to win. No way, no." Seriously, I mean, like, I mean, if I was playing today, I suppose you get 
called up for uh, the FA, but <laughs> I was saying lump on them, lump on them. But then we met. Uh, where did we meet? I think we met in a in a Chinese in Putney High Road, and then we went on to Villa. For, I think we left on the Saturday or the Friday. I can't remember, but we were there for a couple of days and. Everyone was just so relaxed, and I'm thinking, what? And like in my head, I'm thinking, oh, basically, if if we can keep them down to four, we'd be happy. Do you know it what I mean? Long after the, the nine 0 defeat at Anfield, was it? Well, no, I mean that was like well, I kept them down to three, so they've done it right. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it was um, no. I mean, you're still scarred from that, aren't you? I mean, but that day, in fact, I still say this today that. We played well that, that day. Even though we lost 9-0, we played well. I mean, like, you must think, I must be on drugs, but no, we did play well. And obviously they came out thinking, hmm, we're going to give these guys a, a tanning. But we were strong. Do you know what I mean? It was a strong side. And when they scored in the first three minutes, was it three minutes? Yeah, or? yeah it was about, about three, four minutes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think that's the worst thing what could have happened to them. Because all of a sudden, we just, it was just all the pressure on us is just gone. Because mm-hmm. that's the goal. They've got the goal. So I think we've done all right. We're playing all right. And then, like, we kept in it till uh, half time. Well, Jeff Thomas missed that penalty, didn't he? He put that penalty over. Yeah, that was in the 9 0. But I'm talking in the semi. Oh, sorry, the semi. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, basically, we went back in the dressing room and we just felt, yeah this is not over, you know? And um, from the kickoff, um, I don't know if I was in the kickoff, but I, I was, I was, some, I said to Pemberton, run, run, run. He just kept running, 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 well, running. He was told not to, wasn't he, at half time? Yeah, 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 yeah. To like, <laughs> not back. to go over yeah. the centre circle. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, he, he got that and then we got that pinball goal and then, were the players relaxed that day because they were such underdogs and the sort of pressure wasn't really on? No, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we were we were relaxed all the weekend. But to me, that is, if you look at that game, and I've never, re- uh, seriously, I've never watched that game for 90 minutes. I've only really? seen, seriously, I've never, I, 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 I don't really watch myself. If I'm down, I go on YouTube and see me scoring a couple of 40 yarders and go, mm, that's all right, I'm all right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I don't have to, like, get on the bottle, do you know what I mean? So that's my therapy. But um, I've never actually watched the build-up. Like, you know when you see, like, semi-finals and all that? I've, ne- I've never actually um, done that. I think I might do that. Yeah. I might just try and get the video of it. And Because uh, quite famous, they had Malcolm Allison doing the punditry, didn't they? That's right, and he was, yeah. I think, the only one on the panel who said, no, I think Palace are going to yeah. win this. <laughs> and that know-it-all Wilkins... Um, yeah, like said, we had no chance, and da 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 da. Liverpool were majestic, and he called them majestic every five minutes. Yeah. Majestic, <laughs> yeah, majestic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was uh, that day was special. I mean, if I look back at my career, and even if I had one game, that would be the game that I would say I was proud to be a professional footballer playing for my local club. That would be the game. Forget the rest of them. That would be the game, yeah, for me. Do you think Palace are, be- are at their best when they are underdogs and when they are sort of backed against the wall and, and no one really gives them a chance? Yes, but 
personnel's not there no more. It's completely changed. Not. I'm not talking about the system. I'm just talking about the personnel. Right, okay. Um, we've got a final couple of questions then. We've had loads of questions on this, including from 81MH, who says, Andy, tell us about the England tracksuits that supposedly ended up on Tootie Market after you made your England debut. No, well, listen. I was absolutely devastated. Um, and I think... <laughs> it's funny because I was so bad. Well, I, I don't think I would take any tracksuits, so I didn't. I didn't perform, and I think, if anything, that kind of half like finished me because I think I went to Tottenham from there, and I played at the club, and I didn't get the support I think I needed. So, to that question, I know I'm like going off, but no, I didn't take any tracksuits. No, if any, if anything, I would have bought them tracksuits for them. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a myth busted. Yes, on the FYP yes, podcast. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, good stuff. And then finally, we had, we had so many questions from people, including Martin Keane, Simon Daly, Desmond Wright, Dean Randall, all saying, can you bring your boots next weekend for the Chelsea game? I'd love to. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> can we do a job again? <laughs> you, played, you played up front, didn't you? Yeah. Started up front. Started yeah. up front, yeah. And then... Um, to be fair, he's probably still better than most of what's available on free transfers, so why not? <laughs> Beats bringing in Ricky Lambert. No, no, he's retired now. He heard the Palace were interested, and 15 minutes later, apparently, he didn't know well, his well, retirement. That's, that's the sad thing about it that they're talking about these players that shouldn't even be mentioned at Palace, and then a day later, the guy's retired. Come on, mm. someone should be fired for that. Gilardino, I mean, we were linked with him, he's decided on Serie B instead of us, apparently. You know, that's a lower for, league, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a or something, a tiny little Italian team. I think that levels the equivalent to our League Two. Well, look, we'll preview Chelsea game in part three and we'll try and work out who is going to play for Palace up front after the international break. So, do you want us in a bit? Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. No, anyone? I'll get this. <laughs> Pod two two seven sponsored Don't by Vector. Got the memo here, did they? No, you know what you're doing though. Well, I won't go that in far. theory. Pod two two seven sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector weather. Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. And we are joined by Palace legend Andy Gray and Andy and the FYP pod team are walking the Palace for Life Foundation Marathon Walk on Saturday, starting at Sellers Park, ending at Trafalgar Square. Is it a whole marathon? It's marathon, it, marathon they just distance. Use, are they just using the word and calling it a marathon? It's like a 10k. It's, it tw- it's 26 fo- miles, isn't it? It's, it's, it's 26 oh. miles. You've run a marathon for f- Sake. Well, that was quite a few years ago now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you uh, can, I, I believe that they've passed the thirty thousand mark for donations That's brilliant. this week, which is That's fantastic. Um, I mean, you can keep donating, and if you donate, donate to us, the FYP podcast, you'll be entered into a draw to win some prizes. Um, five pounds gives you. Uh, oh, in, oh, sorry. All right, we did all that. Five pounds gets you a draw to uh, win a year subscription to FYP. Ten pounds donation gets you into a draw to win some FYP merch. Twenty pounds donation gets you into the draw to uh, get on the FYP extra podcast after a game. And a fifty quid donation, and we have had quite a few of those already, gets you into a draw to come on the pod, full length pod, right now 
in the studio, aka Kevin's living room. Um, just a quick one. If you are donating and you want to be entered into the draw, do not add gift aid, because if you do, you can't legally be entered into the draw, apparently. Um, and the link is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP hyphen podcast. Uh, and we look forward to doing the walk. I think there's a lot of Palace fans doing it as well with us. So I think it's a lot of Palace fans, yeah. Quite a looking lot. forward to it. And of course, do they late. do PayPal? <laughs> I think so. I think literally anything. Um, so, okay, after the walk, of course, this weekend, Palace are back in action at home to Chelsea. The tough ties keep on coming. The big question for Palace, though, is who plays up front with Benteke injured? Neil, what would you do? Well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, if Loftus-Cheek is back, I guess that that's the most... You know, the most sensible option. I don't think Bakary Sacco... Well, lots of sheep can't forward. play. Oh, of course, he can't play Chelsea. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to put Sacco up there, aren't we? We've got, we've got no one else. Well, no. There's not even a striker in the youth team. What about Wilf if he's back? Then, you, then, you're losing, then you're losing him from the wings, aren't you? Um, and much as I love Wilf to bits, he's not going to be there to hold the ball up, is he, in the way Benteke would? No, because that's not Wilf's game, is it? Wilf's exactly. game is taking so, people on. Yeah, you know, if you're going to play someone on. like Wilf as a, as a striker, then surely you've got to have a big big man next to him. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if Wilf does come back, Andy, and there's rumours that he, you know, he's back in training, he might. I mean, that would be a big psychological boost to, to the players and to the fans, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course it would. But at the end of the day, uh, how many matches has he missed? Six, four, five? Oh, uh, six. six now, yeah, yeah six. Because yeah. he, he played the first one, got injured off that one, we're on seven now. So, yeah. so six plus two in the cup. Yeah, so match fitness won't be the best. So, yeah, I suppose get him. I don't think you'd want to start him, to mm-hmm. be quite honest with you. Because mm-hmm. he'd blow a gasket. Um, you want to put him on sometime in the second half. How how easy is it to get match fitness? But we we keep hearing a lot about match fitness. Like, is it quicker for some players, or how quickly can you get back up to speed? And it all depends what sort of player you are. I mean, if you're one of them players who do a lot of running around, then I think it's easy. But if you're one of them players who don't do a lot of running, then it's a little bit kind of. Uh, I don't see him busting a gut to do to come back and do um, help out the left back or right back. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a great player. I mean, and obviously, I think if he plays, but I wouldn't play him. I would start him on the bench mm-hmm. because I don't think he'd be sharp enough to give us what we would need for 90 minutes. And we've had it quite a lot of times in recent seasons where we tried to bring players back that bit too early. And if if you've got the choice between bringing them back for a game, which by rights, you're probably saying I'm probably not going to win, mm. or waiting another week and saying, well, we've got some winnable games coming up after that. Let's make sure that he's really sharp for those ones rather yeah. than bringing him back potentially too early for a match that you may not win anyway. Mm-hmm. Potentially ending up with him going out for another six weeks and not being able to play in the really important matches. I kind of think, well, it's not really worth it unless unless you can be guaranteed mm. that that injury is completely healed up. You know, all the go-aheads from all the doctors, all the physios, all the medical staff, everyone says, no, he's absolutely fine. Mm. If there's any risk and any glimmer of risk, you know, he is now... Given Ben Seke's out for a long period as well, he is so important to us mm-hmm. in terms of getting him back, getting him fit, getting him firing. So I'd probably err on the side of caution as well, I think. I mean, we've got this young dad, Freddie Ladapo, who's come from non-league as well. Yeah. He, he made his first Premier League appearance at Old Trafford at the weekend. Mm. It's a big ask to chuck someone like that in, isn't it? It is, but at the end of the day, listen, 
that's where we're at. So let's see if he can swim. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that's the only chance these guys get. To, it's like being an understudy for an actor. Do you know what I mean? The guy's like, he's, he's banging, he's banging, he's banging. You want him to fall down and break his leg so you can go and see, show what you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the mentality What we got to have. Do you know what I mean? we got to think, well, it's a chance for somebody. Mm-hmm. Not see it as an endurance, you know what I mean? Oh, Ben, well, it's a chance for someone. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. I mean, Ben Teke don't really run around, does he? Well, it doesn't appear to be his, his game, No. He sort of sits in the six-yard box and, and, yeah, wa- and waits yeah. for it. Did you see much from Bakary Sacco at Old Trafford to make you think, well, you know, he could do a shift for us? He looked good at Ipswich in the cup, didn't he? Yeah, but it's a different level, isn't it? And I think, did he come from Wolves, did he? This yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not really giving us a presence, is he? And, you know, this goes back to what you were saying earlier about playing a centre-half up front, you know, which on, on the face of it sounds like a ridiculous idea, but... It can give you a presence there. It's someone who can get those knockdowns. Well, um, up at Old Trafford again, Sacco, although he's being asked to play that central role, he's a winger, so he naturally drifts wide. You, right, can, yeah. see it, you can see it every time. Yeah, totally. and, and you'd sort of see us trying to attack, and Andros would be sort of breaking down the left hand yeah. uh, flank. And all of a sudden, he's got Sacco five yards from him, and he's going to go, What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, why are you not making a run into the box? Why are you not in central yeah, areas? But that's just his natural position. But even you could play. Townsend up there but I think he would drift so hence mm-hmm. going back to what I said I would play a centre half up there because he's not going to drift he's going to be where you yeah. like it's like reverse yeah yeah I mean against you've got nothing to lose against a team like Chelsea I guess you shove someone like Scott down up there and just play it long to him just keep pumping it forward you know well, well listen it's not as like um, I can have the word it's not as clinical as saying just pump it forward. What I'm saying to you, you still can play like Townsend or Sacco or, and Zahar, but you've got some, and I, I guarantee the players will feel a bit more comfortable knowing that Dan's up there because he's going to take his time for his touch. And you know anything which is put in the air, you can take the gamble. Yeah. For the knock-ons, you can take the gamble. Hmm. So well, you've got to have those players making those runs in behind them. No, but the they will make the run because what I'm saying to you is if, if it is Scott Dan or if it is, a, I mean, obviously we're just surmising here, yeah. but I'm just saying if that was me, I'd think, you know what? What am I tinkling and this and that? I'm putting a centre half there because all you're doing is reversing the roles, isn't you? Mm-hmm. You're telling him to stand up rather than be behind as a defender. Mm-hmm. It does work occasionally. I mean, people like, you know, Chris Sutton started as a centre-half. Paul Warhurst started as a centre-half. Exactly. Both went up front. Yeah, both went up front in emergencies. And I mean, Warhurst for Wednesday. Wednesday. He got a hatful, didn't he? He got about 20 that season and got in the England squad. I think he'll go with Saka, though, after all that. Yeah. I think think if I'm Roy Hodgson and I'm already under a fair amount of scrutiny and pressure, going for something which is albeit not as ridiculous when you know the context, but it's still from the outside looks a bit left field. But what? But, but, I, think listen, he'll go the, I think he'll go the slightly more conservative Can choice I in. say now on this programme, one thing's guaranteed, Hodgson's going to get the sack from Crystal Palace. And I'll have money, right? This geezer will be sacked in January because that's when the window opens. They're not going to give him a dollar to spend. You think? I'm, yeah. 
Well, so I mean, I mean, hopefully, you know, we'll get to January and Palace will have turned it around and Roy will still be here and we'll be back in sort of. If that happens, I'll be the happiest man in the world. But at the end of the day, I'm sitting there as a Palace fan. And I'm looking at all angles, and I'm thinking, what would I do? Because a lot of things they're doing is basically um, things that don't make sense to me. Give someone a chance. Do something different. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. Like I think other sides would know. You imagine if we put Dan's up front. Do you think, uh, what's his name? The Italian geezer, what's his name? Conte. Mm-hmm. Do you think he would think that we would put a centre-half centre up there? <laughs> it would, that's, yeah, that's a point. Yeah, it, it would throw him. It would yeah. throw him. It would, yeah. So all of a sudden he's thinking, oh, they're gonna, they've got Sacco, mm, so I might come back. But you know what? He's not really going to be 100%. And the way we play, quick, quick, all of a sudden... Is blowing, so he's not really going to be a lot of use to us. So think outside the box. Well, hopefully this weekend Palace do think outside the box, and and you know who knows, we might even be able to repeat from last season what we did against Chelsea and and get a result. Fingers bit, crossed. Bit difficult given it's the weekend after. Uh, yeah, the weekend after. <laughs> Sorry, um, but anyway, um, Andy, thank you so much for coming a on pleasure. the pod. We've loved having you on. Pleasure. And we'll see you on Saturday for the uh, the marathon walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, um, to Wimbledon because I've got a wedding to go to. All oh, right. Okay. I think we might be quitting around Wimbledon. <laughs> 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 Uh, good stuff. And Neil, thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, now I might come back. You never know. <laughs> Top man. And Andy, as ever, all thanks right. for being on. Yeah. Good stuff. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for all your questions. Really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please donate to us for the marathon walk. Let's get even more than the £30,000 already raised for the foundation. And we'll be back with you after the Chelsea game um, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Podcast Network.